Hi, my name is Brooke Archer, a qualified clinical nutritionist and naturopath who's passionate about showing people how they can live their happiest and healthiest lives. Through my business Evolve Nutrition and Naturopathy, I've helped hundreds of women, men and children listen to their bodies and elevate their health. Join me and my expert guests as we share all there is to know to evolve your health and live your best life. So get comfortable and get ready to learn. This is the Evolved Health Podcast. Okay, today I have a fun little topic that I hope you are going to enjoy. Probiotics are those things that we're told to take every now and then, but we're not really sure why and if they're doing anything, right? You might have been told they are essential to your gut health, so you take one every day for the rest of your life, (laughs) or maybe you've heard you take them after antibiotic use. And you're supposed to get one with the highest number of strains. No way. What's this now about specific strains? It's all confusing. Okay, let me clear this up. All this messaging around taking probiotics is confusing, right? I know. I've seen and heard it all too. So I thought today we could chat about probiotics and what they're good for how they can be used, and why in all honesty you pay for what you get. But most importantly, I want to break some of those myths around probiotics. I've chatted about the basics of the gut microbiome before, what its role is, etc, etc. You can go back and listen to episode 8 if you want to understand that a little bit better. But you will hear me in this episode refer to the gut microbiome, which is the makeup of all the bacteria, fungi and parasites in the intestines that do an amazing job of keeping us healthy, hopefully. You'll also hear me refer to them potentially as gut flora. It's the same thing really here. Ultimately, for your optimal health, you want all these little guys to be balanced. That means that some of the species that people refer to as bad bacteria we actually need in small amounts and some of the more beneficial ones to our immunity and how we break down foods, all their uses throughout the body and so, so, so much more, we need at the right levels. Right levels. Hmm. (laughs) What are my right levels? Well, that can be different for everyone too. The number of species you have compared to me, let's say, might be more or less, and their makeup, so the types or numbers of each of them, can be altered by what you eat, how you live, stress you might have, medications you take, environmental factors, your family, immediate and historically, if you have pets, if you dig in the garden, your mental health, your birth. You get the idea, basically everything. (laughs) So it's wrong when people say they want to kill off the quote bad bacteria and have more of the good ones. We need a balance of all of the species and that's where probiotics come along. A lot of the marketing and messaging in the past for probiotics has been around this notion of feeding the good bacteria. There's that term again, good bacteria and recolonizing the gut. But this story isn't the whole truth 
about what probiotics do. And just like the negative connotations around colonising a land, we don't want these introduced species to come in and take over our own natural flora either. That natural flora is our story, our history, what makes us us. Probiotics can be classed as transit colonisers anyway. This means they visit for a short time, but don't join your gut microbiome. Ideally, your probiotic comes in and picks up the diminished species, feeds them and allows them to grow back to a healthy number, thus reducing the less beneficial ones back down to their healthy range, returning things to balance. So they are house guests, if you like, rather than become permanent residents. <laughs> what if I told you that probiotic supplements don't become part of your existing microbiome? I know, right? You've been misled this whole time. Don't feel jaded, though. Essentially, you take your probiotic supplement, it enters the biome, influences the gut flora for maybe a few months, and then their job is done. And slowly, after they have done their job, they will be moved on. In the case of some species, they may hang around and help to build up that population, but we aren't just filling up a hole with them. We are feeding the environment around the hole so that it repairs the hole itself. Probably not my best analogy, but you get the idea. Then you've probably also been told that if you just buy a probiotic that has as many billions as possible in it, that's the best one. You know, 10 billion is better than 5, 20 billion is better than 10, and 400 billion is better than 20. I mean, no wonder we are all so confused. More and more research has come out, however, that shows it's more about the strains that are beneficial to certain illnesses or symptoms than it is about the total number. So you could buy an off-the-shelf product with 100 billion general species, but while there are a heap of species there and they may do some good, they aren't exactly what you need. The research might show you only need 4 billion to get the results. Why take 100 billion if that's the case? It's more expensive and doesn't get you any better results. It just doesn't make sense. It's like loosing a heap of arrows and hoping and praying one of them hits the target. Or instead, you could just use one arrow with purpose and hit that bullseye. Look for the right strain over the amount of species based on the research. These higher doses may only really be beneficial after antibiotic use, but again, that's not really proven scientifically. Do you believe that probiotics need to be kept in the fridge? I wouldn't blame you if you put your hand up with this one, um, because the messaging around this used to be very strong. I asked this question on my socials the other day and I wasn't surprised that many of you still did. It was seen 
that the probiotic products that sat proudly in the fridge were somehow better or more superior than those that sat on the shelves at room temperature. This is just not the case anymore. There are a couple of brands that are still only refrigerator stable, but frankly, they can be a pain. <laughs> you have to make sure once you buy them, you get them straight home. And with them in the fridge, it can be a pain just to remember to take them because sight unseen. Um, but the science and technology behind their production these days has come a long way. Probiotics are now much more resistant to temperatures and can in fact live on your bench for years if they had to. But I mean, if they're sitting on the bench that long and you're not taking them, and they aren't doing you any good anyway, are they? <laughs> Many of the quality strains, in fact, are formulated to lie dormant in those little capsules until they hit liquid, like your gastrointestinal fluids. It's then that they come alive and go to work. So what they class as shelf-stable products are a great option, and most of the best options I prescribe these days are shelf stable. This is also a benefit for those of you that like to travel. Shelf stable probiotics can be thrown in your bag and travel easily, no fridge required. Some of you might also have heard that when you have finished a course of antibiotics, you should then take some probiotics. The reason behind taking a probiotic with antibiotic use is because essentially antibiotics are non-discriminatory and they kill off your gut flora while killing off the infection that you might be trying to treat. Probiotics were seen as coming in after the damage was done by the antibiotic and building everything up again. You know that adage, you're replacing the good guys? <laughs> well, let me shock you again. It has actually been shown to be more beneficial to start your probiotics at the same time as the antibiotics. And I know what you're saying, but why the antibiotics just kill off the good probiotics? <laughs> but you see, when the right probiotic strain is used at the same time as taking your antibiotics, then you can actually reduce the side effects they cause and minimise or stop them decimating your gut flora. Antibiotics do most of their work in the bloodstream and probiotics are obviously in the gut, so they can do their work simultaneously. If you've ever taken an antibiotic and noticed your gut just isn't right afterwards, then this slight change of taking the probiotics at the same time can prevent or reduce that. So from now on, if you have to take an antibiotic, take your probiotic at the same time. It's easy to see that there has been a lot of talk and marketing telling us how and when you should be taking your probiotics and that everyone should be taking them for good health. This just isn't the truth. Probiotics are an amazing tool to help rebuild that balance. But once there, once you're back to feeling balanced, they aren't necessary to maintain it. I think with all the confusing messaging, we lose sight of the simple benefits they can offer. Basically, there should be no limitations on when or how you should be taking your probiotic. 
the most important thing is that you take them. And I know that you are going to all ask me, <laughs> which is the best probiotic to take for general health? And my answer is that there isn't one. Not all probiotics are the same. And depending on what you are looking for, there are now probiotics that are formulated for IBS symptoms, some for acne, some for skin issues like eczema, some for children or babies, great for preemie babies, some for immunity, some for help with specific nutrient intake, some for bone health. You get the idea. They are formulated differently depending on what they are needed for. There are, of course, your more general ones too. I also prescribe practitioner strength products. They might cost a little bit more. Honestly, not much these days. But they go in and do the job they are designed to do with a specific strain. And you generally need less of them compared to a more generic one. So some advice I have with your probiotics to recap a little on what I've covered. Get a good one, one specific to your needs so that it can have the desired outcome. Don't waste your money on taking a general one all the time in the hope it helps. And make sure you take them. Seems straightforward, I know. It won't matter the time of day, whether it's with food or not, if you're standing on your head, just take them. They're no good unless you actually take them. If you need some help to work out if a probiotic is suitable for your needs and which one is right for you, then you can always work with me and that gives you access to the practitioner products that I can prescribe as well. It's better to find out the right thing for yourself and not waste money or time with no results. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode and found it useful. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss any of my episodes. And if you need any more information around these or have any questions, then please just pop it on the episode here or you can contact me directly. I hope you've enjoyed it. I look forward to hearing some of your thoughts on this podcast and I'll talk to you next time. You have been listening to the Evolved Health Podcast with your host, Brooke Archer. You can find me on your socials at Evolved Nutrition or go to my website, evolvenutrition.com.au to work with me, check out my programs, delicious recipes and so much more. Thanks for listening.